you go into your shower feeling tired. But as soon as you reach for the Irish Spring, your day immediately gets better. That crisp, fresh, unmistakable Irish Spring scent zings your brain and awakens your senses. So when you finally emerge from the shower 37 minutes later, because you pay the water bill so you can stay in there as long as you want, you're ready to take on the day and smell great doing it. Irish Spring Body Wash and Bar Soap. Fresh, green, Irish. Shop now at a store near you. Hey, you know, we've now approached the halfway point of the 2019 Pro Bowl vote. Who are your standout players this season? Which NFL stars do you want to see at this year's Pro Bowl? Make sure your favorite players get their spot on the AFC and NFC rosters. Vote today at NFL.com slash Pro Bowl vote or by using the hashtag Pro Bowl vote and including the first and last name of the player, the player's official Twitter handle or a hashtag including the player's first and last name. What is up? Welcome to another edition of the NFL Fantasy Live podcast. Meet your man, MG Marcus Grant, alongside the Fantasy Hall of Famer, Michael Fabiano. And uh, this is it, man. This is like the last week of the regular season in a lot of leagues. I know, dude. I have like so much riding right now. I think I'm in 10 leagues. I've been eliminated from one. But in that league, I've outscored the first, second and third place team. And I'm a little salty about it. I'm four and eight, which is whatever. But um, a lot riding this week, man. And I'm actually, heck, when you get into the decisions that are the most difficult, sometimes you phone a friend and get another opinion. I got a couple of my pals. I'm saying, all right, guys, I got this guy or this guy. I'm leaning towards this guy. I really need your opinion. Let me know what you think, you know, because it's do or die right now, man. You got to win to get in. Yeah, absolutely. This, these are the ones where like you have those like those flex decisions. You yeah. got maybe those RB twos that you're looking at, and and that sometimes can make the difference between getting in the playoffs or not. As always, behind the glass, our producer Sir Edward L. Murphy Esquire. Murph, what's up? No, I'm kind of in the same boat with like I care about the playoff seating, so I'm heading into my playoffs, mm-hmm. and I really, really got burned by the buys because I'm missing a couple weeks with Mahomes. or I'm missing. I have both Vikings wide receivers and then you lose these games. You normally should win. And then there goes my bye week and I have to, you know, play, play a harder team. Now it's just, it's so frustrating. Here, here's, you're a good team. here's what beat me this week is Fournette throwing hands because <laughs> in two leagues, like he was basically moving to my RB one and now I have to replace him and I'm not going to replace that level of production that he had. Uh, and another league, I lost Jack Doyle. That's been tough because tight ends thin. So, um, you know, it's it's a uh, first world fantasy problems, I guess. Yeah, man. We know it's weird because we had the rush of injuries uh, kind of late last week, and they all happened right after the trading deadline. Melvin too, which, Gordon uh, going hurts. down too, man. So. That one hurts. Uh, we got plenty to talk about the week 13 preview, and it is a full slate of games because the bye weeks are over. Mm-hmm. So we got plenty of football to talk about. But first, let's do some news. <laughs> The news. All right, Mitchell Trubisky is not expected to play this week against the New York football Giants. Trubisky sat out last week's game. The Bears got a win with Chase Daniel at quarterback. Now, the talk is, I think, if this were, you know, maybe a different situation, if they really, really needed him to play, he could probably go, but it sounds like they're just being cautious with him. Uh, you know, we'll talk about the Bears a little bit coming up uh, when we do our preview, but uh, I mean, how does this does this change your outlook on any of the Bears players? Right. Yeah. I mean, like I wasn't starting Robinson regardless. I don't trust Jordan Howard. How can you? I'm starting Cohen uh, w- without question. I think Burton's a guy you probably have to play. But it goes back to what we talked about last week. The only Bears player that you can trust every week is their defense. And you mentioned uh, Daniel starting. This is a really weird week mm-hmm. when it comes to quarterbacks. So Josh Rosen is starting. You can't start him. Nick Mullins can't start him. Cody Kessler not starting him. Eli Manning, no. Jeff Driscoll, who I think could be a decent sleeper. Most people won't start him. Tannehill's not startable. Neither is Josh McCown or Sam Darnold. Neither is Josh Allen. Neither is Colt McCoy. Case Keenum may be a sleeper. You can't start Derek, uh, Derek Carr. And Chase Daniels kind of eh. So it's like either... Half the quarterbacks are unstartable or massive risks. And then the other half of the quarterbacks are like really good plays. Like I think I have Baker Mayfield like 17th this week. And it's not because he's 17th best. It's because 
there are so many good quarterbacks out there with good matchups this week. So um, hopefully you've got some depth at the quarterback position, and hopefully you were able to secure a guy like Lamar Jackson or Jameis Winston. Elsewhere, Cincinnati Bengals wide receiver A.J. Green says he will play against the Broncos. Now, so far this week, he's been limited in practice, Mm -hmm. so we'll we'll, we'll wait to see whether or not this pans out. But it's a simple question. If A.J. Green does go, do you start him this week? I mean, you probably have to, right? I mean, even if it's just a flex, Mm -hmm. you would think game script will be in Cincinnati's favor in terms of throwing the football in the second half. Although, you know, the Broncos, you never know with that offense. But um, if they give the ball to Phillip Lindsay like they should – 20 times, which they haven't, but they should, um, then the Bengals could be in a whole heap of trouble, which means A.J. gets some targets there, especially in the second half. So that is a situation that you're going to have to monitor, though, because it could be a game-time decision. Yeah, and that certainly, I think, impacts guys like, obviously, Tyler Boyd, you know, certainly you know, would potentially help Jeff Driscoll, maybe even Joe Mixon as well. Mm-hmm. Uh, Texans running back Deontay Foreman says he feels ready to go. Now, we've sort of been waiting on him. He's been kind of coming back from an Achilles injury that ended his season last year. Lamar Miller has done a pretty good <laughs> job without him there, right? And so now, it, you, know, I, I, you know, I don't know if anybody has been stashing Deontay Foreman, kind of waiting for him to come back. But now if you've got Lamar Miller, you're, you're kind of thinking, hey, you know, just just hang on, man. Just, you know, just rest <laughs> up. Don't, don't, worry, don't rush yourself back. Do, do, do you on. think that Lamar got wind that Foreman was getting closer? So I ripped off a 97-yard touchdown? Let run? me go for 97. <laughs> and, and Foreman who? What? That run reminded me of Tony Dorsett's run way back when on a Monday night against the Minnesota Vikings, 99-yarder for a touchdown. Of course, the Cowboys lost that game. But Miller, you want to talk about a guy who'll drive you nuts. Mm-hmm. He is almost as likely to give you an absolute stink bomb as he is to give you a massive stat line, and that's exactly what he did last week against a defense that had been tough on running backs. Yeah, so we'll, we'll, we'll keep an eye on Deontay Foreman. I mean, this could actually change some things. This could shake some things up in the fantasy playoffs if he does come back and, and starts getting some significant snaps and touches uh, in the Houston Texans offense. Well, there you go. That is uh, pretty much everything you need to know. <laughs> was the news. All right, let's get to it. The week 13 preview. We've got 15 games because, you know, game 16 is going to kick off in just a little bit from now with the Saints and the Cowboys. But uh, we'll get through the rest of them for you, starting in Atlanta, the Ravens and the Falcons. Do you dare? Start a Ravens. I mean, look, it looks like Lamar Jackson is going to start again. Joe Flacco came back to practice on Thursday, but it still looks like Lamar Jackson is going to be the starter. If that is the case, the matchup is good against the Falcons. I know. know. But do you dare take a chance on a Ravens wide receiver? I can't do it, man, because the offense is completely changed. I mean, Lamar Jackson has, you know, how many completions in his last two games, like 27 or 29. It's not that many. And, John Brown has disappeared. I mean, I get Crabtree got it in the end zone last week, but I'm not going to be depending on a guy uh, in Crabtree who's really been uneven most of the season, hasn't been all that good. Really, if you think about it, the only Raven in this game offensively, because I think you're studying Justin Tucker, that you're going to be starting is Gus Edwards. Yeah, I mean, I think so. And I know you're big on him. I do. I like Gus Edwards a lot. You know, I know that he is, uh, you know, he was a little bit slowed in practice. Alex Collins has kind of come back to get some work, but it just looks like Gus Edwards has become the number one running back there. And the thing about it is the Ravens have been so much more run heavy the last couple of weeks. Part of that is because they have a quarterback who runs the football a lot. But I mean, this is a team that was running it about 35% of the time, the first nine weeks of the season, the last two weeks, that numbers jumped up to about 65% almost Mm -hmm. percent of the time. So, you know, if, if, if it's Gus Edwards, I still like him a lot against a bad Falcons run defense Uh, for Atlanta. So you're starting Julio Jones. And then <laughs> so, what? so Matt Ryan, I think, is a back end QB one, because if you look at the numbers, the Ravens, you know, I get it. Their defense is typically pretty tough, but quarterbacks uh, at home can can get to that defense. So I wouldn't feel terrible about starting Matt Ryan this week. I don't like Ridley, who he has been so unreliable. He had a huge game last week. We told you to start him, but. Look at his numbers over the last four or five weeks. It's really been all or nothing. And he's playing a Ravens defense that surrendered the second fewest fantasy points to receivers lined out wide this season. So Ridley's a risk. Muhammad Sanu has sort of fallen off the map. I guess Austin Hooper 
would be someone that you could start. He's more of a low-end tight end one this week. Yeah, I mean, he's just been so inconsistent. It's been hard yeah. to figure on a week-to-week basis what, what's going on with Austin Hooper. And how about this? Uh, so coming into the week, the Ravens have not allowed a 100-yard receiver, and Julio Jones has had, is it six in a row? Wow, so uh, this is sort of what, uh, the unstoppable force versus immovable object sort of thing? It'll be interesting to see who wins that one. I think I'm still, Julio. I'm still starting. Oh, of course you are. <laughs> I'm still starting. Of course you are. Uh, Panthers at Buccaneers. Uh, Curtis Samuel, yay or nay? How are we feeling about him this week? I mean, it depends on Devin Funches, to be honest with you. And we talked about this. It's really hard to figure out which Carolina wide receiver to start when Funches is also active. Last week he was out. It was much easier. It was DJ Moore. I still say G- DJ Moore is the best wide receiver from a fantasy perspective right now. And if Funches comes back, it's basically him and Samuel. And at that point, I'm I'm very, it's very much a dart throw uh, for either one. Samuel is more of a playmaker. He's more versatile. He can potentially give you some carries out of the backfield, but um, it's a tough call if Funches is back. Yeah, I, you know, I, look, I, I, I've been big on DJ Moore, obviously, the last few weeks. What I like about Samuel is that they sort of use him as a Swiss Army knife. Yep. They move him around. He can, you know, they'll hand the ball to him. They'll throw the ball to him. He can do a lot of things. The problem is the the volume of touches has not been consistent. Right. It has not been great. Yep. So that's the only thing to be concerned about. Uh, for the Bucks. What do we do with Deshaun Jackson right now? Because I looked, he is owned in NFL.com leagues, owned in about 85, 86% of NFL.com leagues. That's a lot for a guy who really hasn't done much this year. Yeah, he has, and he's banged up too right now. He's got this thumb injury, and apparently he had gone to see a specialist, a hand specialist earlier in the week. I don't trust him. I wouldn't play him. Mike Evans is what, four of his last six, he's had over 100 yards, so he's been more consistent. I think this Buccaneers offense is going to score more points. But the wide receiver to start in Tampa Bay, who's not named Mike Evans, Adam, Adam Humphreys, who has given you 14-plus, and I believe four of his last five or three of his last four, and also Cameron Brait. Now, keep in mind, O.J. Howard out for the season. Earlier this season against the Panthers, Howard had two touchdowns. I would not be shocked if Brait got into the end zone not once, but twice in this game, the Panthers have given up the most touchdowns to tight ends, the most fantasy points to tight ends, and Jameis Winston has a round of 100 passer rating when targeting Cameron Brait since 2017. So Cameron Brait suddenly off the waiver wire is a tight end one and a solid one at that. I think it's funny that we started this year talking about, you know, Deshaun Jackson and like Chris Godwin as a sleeper. Yep. And now here we are in week 13 and it's uh, Adam Humphrey. Yep. Adam Humphrey's oh, the guy we're looking at. Uh, Bears at the Giants. Talked about Mitchell Trubisky and not expected to play. Chase Daniel going to get the start. We know the Bears defense is going to be started in just about every league, but uh, we will spin the wheel of Bears and go. <laughs> I mean, where it's stop where i mean who what 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 square on the roulette board are you are you picking for a bears skill position player this uh so if that roulette wheel only includes bears offensive skill position players Mm -hmm. i'm hoping it lands on Tariq cohen because that's the only one i want (laughs) that's the only one i want man i i mean i get it you know Josh, uh, Jordan Howard has been terrible, man. He is so touchdown dependent. And of course, when the entire fantasy community starts to get down on a player, of course, that means he's going to have <laughs> touchdowns. So I'm guessing he's a risk reward flex starter. If I had him, I wouldn't play him unless I had no depth in my backfield. Because if you look at the numbers and you look at the touches, I mean, he has just not gotten it done. He's not catching passes. He's not scoring touchdowns. And his floor is extremely low. And if you don't believe me, just ask anyone who started him last week. And it was a good matchup. Yeah, I just, you know, he was a guy that I liked so much at the start of the year. And I remember week one, he he caught a lot of passes. And I'm like, oh, mm-hmm. well, th- if, if this is the Jordan Howard we're going to get all year, this is going to be great. And then it just, it's falling apart for him. Um yeah, I just I, I it's hard to, to start him every week. It just it, it's been bad. I mean, take one. Mazzelli had more points. Uh, Mazzelli. Mazzelli is Italian. If if I put the eye on the end, Miz, I, I never uh, take one. Mazzelli. When I saw that, I was thinking, number one, oh, please don't tell me that Terry Cohen is hurt. And number two. This guy is now going to outscore Jordan Howard in this contest. And that's absolutely yep. what he did. That's what happened. Mazzelli. Um. OBJ, obviously, you know, he's he's Odell and and he's a hard guy to sit every week, but he's got that Bears defense across the way. Uh, they're going to get after Eli Manning. They're going to put pressure on the quarterback. How much can you trust Odell in this matchup? Dude, I, I mean, 
I, I listen. I don't trust anybody wearing a Giants uniform right now who isn't Saquon Barkley. And this Bears defense is, I mean, it's the best in the league. And if you look at Odell's numbers lately, Marcus, and and I traded for him in two leagues uh, three weeks ago, and I haven't been real happy with what I've gotten, to be it quite honest with much. you. I mean, he gave you 13 and a half last week. He gave you 18 and a half the week before. I mean, 18 and a half is not bad, but I'm expecting 20 plus in PPR leagues every single week week from OBJ. And if I don't get at least 18 to 20 from him, to me, it's a down week. And I could easily see him giving you fewer than 18 this week against the Bears. I'm not telling you to sit him. Don't get on me on Twitter. You play OBJ, but you might have to temper expectations in this game. We'll see. Man. Yeah, it's been it's been sort of frustrating. Side note, uh, Eddie, I, I keep seeing this stuff on Twitter that, you know, that maybe there's there's chatter that that Eli will be the starting quarterback next year. Uh, what? I, I mean, and, and this is coming from a week that you could see Alex Tanney and Kyle Oletta play versus the Bears, the Bears defense. That's a great week to, to show off your rookie. <laughs> and then but on the flip side, they're like, but we also might keep Eli for 2019 as well. Uh, the giant right now it makes no sense. I think I think what got into their brains was okay, well, for the first half versus Philadelphia, we looked really good on offense and we won the game versus the 49ers and they've shown basically what you could do if you run the ball with Saquon and you open up the offense and you hit uh, receivers like Odell and Shepard and, and uh, I guess Evan Ingram whenever he's healthy and they just don't have a real direction and I think they probably believe they won't get the number one draft pick to get the quarterback. So now we're going to have to deal with another year of uh, <laughs> Eli and whoever the backup is. And uh, and then I guess hope, pray, like cross your fingers that they're going to have a chance of getting Tua. Maybe that's what they think. Which fan base do you think is the most soured this season among NFL teams? Giants, Jets, Raiders. What do you think? I don't uh, – I think at least the Jets have – they know they're they know they're gonna they they knew they were gonna stink going into the season. Mm-hmm. I and I they have Darnold. Uh, I think the Raiders they still have Carr. I think if he has protection and adds weapons, he'll be fine. And they know deep down, like they're really just kind of gearing up uh, towards Vegas and and letting Gruden, I guess, kind of shake the rust off. The Giants going into the season thinking they're gonna be a playoff team. And then being like, okay, well, we might have to draft a quarterback. But now with only, what, four or five weeks left, they're going to say, well, we might keep him. I don't think that's a great message to send to to your fan base. That's true. Yeah, I don't know. I, I still think the you know Raider fans are. Like, at least, I mean, at it's, least, it's least, been ugly. At least the Giants. You, know, you guys have Saquon that you sure. can like get excited about. There's the a Jets, core there. Yeah, right. right. The, the Jets still, you know, they, they're still hopeful that Darnold can turn into something. Marcus, like, you know, the they got Doug Martin. Yeah. Right. I mean, if you're the Raiders, like, what, yeah. what's, what's to get excited That's a fair about? point. Trading Khalil Mack and seeing you how know. Khalil Mack has turned the right. back of the and Bears. Amari, and Amari, Amari Cooper's gone to Dallas and been great. Been all, yeah, it's, it's a really fair point. And you're spending that much money on a coach. That's, that's a good point. Raiders man. fans have a, have a real reason to be that's, upset. Yeah. That's rough, man. Uh, all right. Back to the fantasy. Bills at Dolphins. And uh, you and I kind of talked about this on the Facebook show, which, by the way, if you guys haven't been watching that, wh- where have you been? We're on Facebook every yeah, Thursday. We, uh, we goof off every Thursday, like, 2.30 you know, Pacific. About 15, 20 minutes. And to your Great. questions, yeah. Uh, but somebody did ask about starting LaShawn McCoy, and, you know, it's it's been rough dealing with him this year, but this looks like a week where you can actually get some stuff out of him. Yeah, I don't hate him. He's not in my sit-em list, and typically he has been for most of the season, and I've been right to put him there outside of yeah. one game against the Jets when they didn't show up. But Miami's run defense is just bad. They're giving up yep. almost five yards of carry. They're giving up the fifth most fantasy points to running backs. And, I mean, Josh Allen, he's going to be uneven. We know that as a rookie. He looked pretty good last week, okay, in his first game back from the injury. And if Buffalo is trying to win games, and I'm assuming they are, I mean, you would think Sean McDermott wants to save his job there in Buffalo – they're going to give the ball to Shady because they see the weakness of the Dolphins' defense is up front. They can't stop the run. And McCoy, I mean, I get it. He's 30 years old. He's got a lot of miles on him, but he's still got some plays left. So I think he is a very viable flex starter this week. Um, the Bills' defense has been one of its bright spots so far this year. On the flip side, do you trust any Dolphins? I mean, can we can we lean on Kenyon Drake? And- do we ever, let's be honest, do we ever trust Kenyon no. Drake, honestly, I mean. It's not, that, it's not that I don't trust Kenyon Drake. I don't trust Adam Gase yeah. to give the ball to Kenyon. Exactly, exactly. So, 
I've seen Frank Gore floated out there as a potential sleeper because you never know what Gase is going to do, if he's going to give it to Drake, if he's going to give it to Gore. So I could see desperate owners going out and grabbing Frank Gore. But Danny Amendola's banged up. Uh, he's questionable at best for this game. I don't trust Devontae Parker. Kenny Stills, I saw a headline saying today, I can't throw the ball to myself. It's unfortunate <laughs> because no one else who plays quarterback for the Dolphins actually is throwing it to him, so you can't trust him either. Maybe the Dolphins' defense. I mean, that's a streamable option. And on the flip side, you can make an argument that the Bills defense is streamable this week. And just for those of you who are going to make your playoffs, the Bills defense, they've got Miami, the Jets, and the Lions in the next three weeks. Wow. And then they've got the Patriots. So in week 16, that's a tough one. But their next three games are pretty favorable opponents. Who would have thought that that we'd be starting the, the Bills? At anything, you know, hey, at any point this year. Look at the beginning of the season with the Saints, and now yeah, they're, they're great. They're awesome. They're lights out. I know. Uh, Colts at the Jaguars. At this point, do we still fear the Jaguars' defense? Nope. All right. I mean, no. <laughs> and people, people out there uh, who drafted the Jaguars' defense before the tenth round have just got to be kicking themselves. Just sick. You just gave up a draft pick. You never ever do that. You know, I believe it's six of their last seven games they've given up a top nine quarterback. Top nine. And so Andrew Luck goes into Jacksonville, and you have no fear. Andrew Luck has scored between 21 and 23 points in eight straight games. That's a ridiculous, dude. Like, how does that even happen? It's unreal how consistent. That's consistent, Eddie. I mean, that is ridiculously consistent. Three-plus touchdowns in every single game. And the Jaguars' defense, forget about 2017, because this defense ain't that defense. So start Andrew Luck. Marlon Mack looks like he's going to be back. You start him as a flex. T.Y. Hilton, you know, Jalen Ramsey's a bit banged up right now, yep. so I feel like you have a little more confidence in T.Y. And Eric Ebron, you want to talk about a guy, you know, we talk about the best waiver wire pickups of the season, and, you know, Philip Lindsay's going to be on that list clearly. But Eric freaking Ebron. He's had, what, 11 touchdown catches this year. Mm-hmm. So that ties the amount of touchdowns that he had in Detroit in four years. Yep. And I believe he has a rushing touchdown, too. So he's got Correct. 12 touchdowns. And now Jack Doyle uh, is now out for the season. So suddenly Ebron's like a top five tight end the rest of the year. That's wild. Never would have thought that at the start. I know. That's amazing. Um, Let's see. Which Jaguars running back do we start? Carlos Hyde. I mean, we know there's no Leonard Fournette. He's yep. suspended uh, for, for throwing hands uh, last week. Come on, Leonard. Carlos Hyde, TJ Yeldon, which one of those guys, if you had to pick one? So the only leagues where I have one or the other um, are PPR leagues because that's all I play in and I'm playing Yeldon. I could see Hyde being startable in a standard league. You're going to see him as the starter. You would assume get the early down work, maybe the favorite for goal line opportunities there. But here's where I'm worried. How many goal line opportunities are they going to get? With, that's the question. With Cody your Kessler. pal. Cody starting quarterback. So um, I'd, I'd, I'd lean towards Yeldon in this one. I would think so, too. I also think that, you know, I wouldn't be surprised if you see the Colts get out to a quick lead in this one. And yeah. Suddenly you, you, they can't run the football because they're just playing from behind the rest of the and that And that's so we're, we're going to be talking about this on, on TV tomorrow. But Colts defense is a very streamable option because with no Leonard Fournette, with Kessler under center, with the Colts offense just lighting it up like a Christmas tree every single week, you could really see the Jaguars playing from behind in the second half with no running game to speak of. And Kessler, well, you know what? Maybe he gives you a couple of picks, maybe a pick six. Suddenly the Colts are a very good play. Absolutely. Uh, Browns at the Texans. Baker Mayfield's playing some pretty good ball. I mean, Yeah, he is. Really good. If you had to pick a Browns wide receiver... It would be blank. Don't do this to me, Mark. I mean, here's the because you know Jarvis Landry has mistakes now. He's vanished. Um, but like you can't really trust uh, Antonio Callaway or Shard Higgins. Doesn't Joku count as a receiver? I mean, because he's obviously he's the most consistent pass catcher. But like, if you have to pick an actual wide receiver on this roster, it's hard to do that. So I'm looking at Jarvis's numbers now. I said Jarvis would be a bust in the preseason because touchdown regression was guaranteed. He's got two, man. I mean, I I didn't think it was going to be this bad. And he has seen his numbers drop from 25-7 against the Bucs to 11-9-11-4-2-6. That's terrible. So if you can sit him, I'd sit him. Um, And and it's odd, too, because 
the Browns offense is doing so well. And Baker had four touchdowns last week. Four! Yep. Mm-hmm. Right? He's had, what, eight in his last three games, something like that? And Jarvis has done nothing. Yep. Nothing. So with the playoffs, you know, a week away, it would be really hard for me to start Jarvis Landry or Antonio Callaway. I like Njoku this week. I liked him last week. He was in stardom and sit him. But there's not a whole lot to like. Nick, this offense is running through Baker and Nick Chubb, and Baker is spreading the ball around. Doesn't matter who your who that quarter or who that wide receiver is, the name on the back of the jersey, it don't matter. If you're open, he's throwing it to you. And unfortunately for fantasy fans, uh, more often than not, that wide receiver has not been Jarvis Landry. He's got 50 or fewer yards in four straight games. It's crazy. Um, I'm looking back <laughs> against the Steelers in week eight. He had eight catches for 39 yards. And I'm like, how? That's a Jarvis line. How? 60 catches, 630 yards. That's and that's even, it. Two touchdowns. Eight for 39 is not even five yards a catch. That's, that's I insane. Know, I know. That's crazy. Although, you know what? By the way, Kiki Cutie, thank you. I mean, I get it. He got hurt, you know, but... He hadn't done anything in that game before he got hurt on Monday night. And I only needed, what, another point and a half from him to beat you? And you got you got the Jarvis Landry line, I did, I got Jarvis Deion Landry Lewis. line from Deion I was like, Lewis. I saw that. I'm like, this is kind of gross. Like, I, I'm thinking. I, I was like, I feel sort of ashamed winning this way. But, you know, I'll take Yeah, that. it's like Marcus felt dirty because he beat me by a point. Because, like, you know, Deion Lewis had, like, eight catches for, like, 33 because yards Kiki or something. Because got like hurt. That. <laughs> I but um, I, I was thinking about that. I was I like, did. yeah, you just beat me with Deion Lewis. Like, man, in a stat line that Marcus Grant I'm like, hates. This, I'm like, this is gross. I, mean, I looked at him like, this is really hates disgusting. Hates it. But you'll take totally it. Totally disgusting. Yeah. Uh, Demarius Thomas, like, you know, two weeks ago, he had zero targets. Then last week, he actually catches a pair of touchdowns. Does this mean he's back, or was that just kind of a fluke? I mean, I kind of think it was a fluke, to be honest with you. He was targeted five times last week, okay? And two of them happened to be touchdowns. He's averaged fewer than three targets a game during his time with the Texans. And, I mean, Cleveland's defense, it's been very uneven this season, but I believe that Demarius Thomas is a very risky start this week. I don't know what the status of Kiki QT is. I believe he's been limited in practice. But regardless, I mean, that, 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 kind, of, that kind of percentage in terms of uh, touchdowns to targets, if that's going to keep up, I, I, I doubt it. There's no way. So I think the only safe play there in Houston, of course, is is Nuke Hopkins right. and Demarius is a guy who's going to be risk reward and I need to see more targets, man. I can't live on getting fewer than three targets a game if I'm going to start a guy. You know what's what's sort of wild, and, and this is a, a conversation for another time. I mean, you know, there's been the whole conversation about RBs and, and whether or not running backs matter or whatever. But we're starting to get a slew of offenses here where you've got a quarterback that is producing. Maybe you have one wide receiver, but then you've got like a just kind of a mishmash of other pass catchers in there that you know are are giving you varying levels of production. So it's actually worth discussing, like what positions actually do matter. But that's that's another conversation for uh, another podcast. So anyway, uh, Broncos at. Bengals. The Bengals defense has been poop lately. Oh, dude, that is, I mean, <laughs> that, that's complimentary to what they've actually been on the field. Um, So would you stream Case Keenum if you had to or play maybe a 2QB? Yeah, league? man. I mean, uh, so I'm looking at the numbers right now. So uh, this, uh, listen, their their defense is bad. I mean, last week, uh, QB5, week before QB13, week before QB3, week before QB13, but that was the game uh, where Fitzpatrick and Winston both played week before QB1. They have been giving it up. They've been giving it up to everybody, okay? Matt Ryan was QB8 early in the season. Cam had a big game against them. This defense is bad, I, and, it, and, and I watch these games, and it looks like they've almost quit on the season, the Bengals. So um, I, I do think Keenum, although it is Case Keenum, guys, so, I mean, it's not like he can start this guy with a ton of confidence, but if you're in a 2QB league or a super flex league and he's on the wire or you have him on your roster, I think it's well worth a look. Um, how many Bengals do you trust? Now, we, we talked earlier that A.J. Green says he's going to be back to play. We're not totally sure if that's going to happen or not. Yep. Jeff Driscoll is the starting quarterback. I mean, there's Joe Mixon, but, you know, the Broncos may just try to sell out to stop him. I mean, how many can you put in your lineup and just feel totally confident with this? Yeah, Mixon to me is a guy that is in my lineup and I don't touch him, regardless of the matchup. And we saw that last week. I mean, they got boat raced, but he still gave you, what, seven catches in that game? So uh, still a versatile guy in the centerpiece of the offense. In terms of A.J. Green, we talked about it. If he's active for the Bengals, he's probably got to be in your lineup, even if it's just a flex. And Tyler Boyd, I feel like, is a flex, too. If you look at his numbers, 
his numbers dropped when A.J. Green went out. Why? Defensive coverages, man. They they shifted towards him. And this is a guy who, who needs A.J. Green in that starting lineup to really be a reliable fantasy option. So if A.J.'s back, I say Boyd's a flex. Regardless, he's going to be a flex starter this week. Rams at Lions. I was like trying to figure out something to say about the Rams. And my only question is uh, any Rams that you're avoiding this week? All right. So I, I've got a game of would you rather. Okay. For you. Okay. Because, and you might, you might actually, you're going to help a lot of people out there with this one. All right, my friend. So, uh, Josh Reynolds. Okay. Okay. Um, first game without Cooper, mm-hmm. 20 points. I mean, I get it. It was a total shootout against the Chiefs, but he's averaging right around 14 points in games where Cooper has not been active. And we know Cooper's now out for the season. So, Marcus Grant, a lot of fantasy owners wondering if they should start Josh Reynolds this week. I will give to you, my friend, a number of wide receivers, and you will tell me whether or not you would start Reynolds okay. over them okay, or not. And Jarvis Landry is the first name on my list. Uh, I'd rather have Josh Reynolds. How about that, dude? Yeah. Alshon Jeffrey. I think I might go Josh Reynolds. That's a, that's, a, that's a tough one. That's a tough one. It is, right? Alshon's kind of due. He, he and the Redskins defense just got gashed by Cooper. Right. I mean, so like that, like I said, that that one's a tough one. I think yeah. I would just go Reynolds because I don't know. I just feel more. I just feel safer with the Rams offense right now. Allen Robinson. Uh, definitely Reynolds. I, I just I, I can't. I mean, here's the thing. I wouldn't be surprised if Allen Robinson put up a bigger number than Josh Reynolds. Mm-hmm. But I w- also wouldn't be surprised if, you know, J- Allen Robinson gave you like three. Calvin Ridley. Huge game last week. Bad matchup this week. Bad matchup this week. Yeah. That's a toss-up for me. Um, I think I, part of me wants to go with Ridley just because I feel like he's a guy who just seems to, to pop off whenever. So, you know, he, he could all of, a, all of a sudden show up and just get you two touchdowns sort of out of nowhere. So I think I, would, I think I would roll with Ridley, but, man, it scares me. One more, and I'll let you off the hook. The angry one, Doug Baldwin. Uh, I'm trying to make it tough. You are. Um, I think I actually would go Josh Reynolds over Doug Mar- oh, Doug Baldwin just because, like, I, I do think there's a chance that Doug Baldwin bounces back, but Tyler Lockett, I think, has taken over as the number one receiver there, and David Moore is good for a couple of big plays a game. In that but it, here's the point of this whole exercise. Marcus is talking about the third option in the passing game yep. for the L.A. Rams, and he likes that option over several of the number one options on other NFL teams. Yeah. That is the power of the L.A. Rams offense. Right. I mean, it's just, you know, they've been so good. You want shares. Around. I actually have that uh, that conundrum in our league with uh, Reynolds and um, Alshon. And, man, I am going back and forth on that one. And I probably will be going back and forth on that one all weekend. Damn. Uh, Cardinals at Packers. It's a pretty good matchup for David Johnson. The fear is the Packers could get out to a lead and sort of eliminate him. I mean, I guess you're starting him, but yeah. you got to be worried about it a little yeah, bit. Yeah, you worry about game script, but the Packers' defense is a mess right now. I mm-hmm. mean, they are so banged up. And, you know, we saw Dalvin Cook had a decent stat line against him last week. Um, oh, look at that, Marcus. Uh, we've got the NFL Network on in here, and we've got Troy Aikman. And we've got Michael Irvin. Oh, it's back to my glory day. Sorry. Let's get back to fantasy <laughs> football. But I would start David Johnson. You know who I like in this game is Christian Kirk. Mm-hmm. Okay. The guy's getting about six targets a game. And game script could be in his favor. They could end up throwing the ball a lot. He's got a little something going on with Josh Rosen, rookie to rookie. And again, Green Bay's defensive backfield is a mess of injuries right now. So I think Christian Kirk could end up being a decent play for you. Yeah, it's going to be interesting because he's been, you know, he's been quietly having a, a decent season there in what yeah. is a really bad yep. offense. But, uh, yeah, there you go. Uh, on the flip side, we know Devontae Adams is a start. He's been great all year long. He's kind of made that push to get himself, you know, if he's not in the group of elite fantasy receivers, he's not far outside of it the way he's played this year. But... The non-Adams wide receivers, Marquez Valdez-Scantling, Equinemius St. Brown, they've been a little hard to figure the last few weeks. Would you take a chance on either one of those guys? Do I get fantasy points for length of name? You do not. I'm not starting any of them. Okay, then. I just can't trust them. I mean, like, I, I like the talent. I just can't trust any of them. Jimmy Graham, boy. I want to talk about So, it, it's odd, you know, Rodgers has not been Rodgers this year. He's still averaging, you know, right around 20 points a game. 19 to 20. So he's not been terrible, but the numbers that he's putting up, I think partially the offensive line has sort of let him down, especially with the injuries, but his pass catching options are Devonte Adams 
and a bunch of inexperienced guys, rookies, etc. Randall Cobb's been out, and of course he lost Geronimo Allison for uh, the season. So there, and and I tell you, the offense now, and I get it, it's still always going to be Aaron Rodgers' offense, but this is the perfect offense for a running back to thrive. And thank the good Lord above that Mike McCarthy finally heard our cry several weeks <laughs> ago and started giving the ball to Aaron Jones. He could end up Marcus having his best game of the season the Cardinals defense against the run is terrible terrible so I would expect that Aaron Jones gets you 18 touches in this game and well over 20 fantasy points I would not be shocked if he's a top five running back this week no I wouldn't be surprised at all about that I think they're going to feed him heavily and again Packers defense too the weather it's going to be snow rifle it is uh, it'll be snowy it'll be in the the mid 30s it could be windy there uh, in green bay so uh you know this, this seems like a a formula to try to run the football and if you can. packers defense man packers defense josh rosen is susceptible to turning the ball over and if that weather forecast by meteorologist grant comes to fruition well, suddenly you've got a kid out of UCLA trying to throw the ball in the cold and snow and wind. You're saying Giddy a kid up. from Manhattan Beach isn't going to be uh, <laughs> accustomed to throwing the ball in the snow there. Not Manhattan, but Manhattan, Manhattan Beach. Manhattan Beach. Very different place. Lo- lovely, lovely community. Don't get a lot of snow. No. Uh, like <laughs> the Chiefs none. at the Raiders up there in Oakland. This is one of those old school NBC Sunday afternoon Don Cricky, Bob Trumpy matchups. Nice. Steve DeBerg against Jay Schreiber. Raider sort of thing. Oh, man. Um, do you start the Chiefs defense this Heck week? yeah, you do. Yeah, dude. I, their defense has been better. And y- you talked about it. They could be getting Eric Berry back, which would be huge because he's the best defensive back they have on that roster. And, I mean, right now, enemy defenses are averaging right around 10 fantasy points per game when facing Derek Carr and his suspect offense, which has very few weapons. I mean, right now, Jordy Nelson is, is well, I mean, he looks like a 33-year-old wide receiver who went from Aaron Rodgers to Oakland. I mean, that's the case. Martavis Bryant's out for the season. The only option that he's got that's been reliable in the passing game is Jared Cook, who I would absolutely start this week. But I like the Chiefs' defense. There's a lot of really good streaming defenses this week. We can talk about that a little bit. Um, but the Chiefs are certainly one of those units, no doubt about it. Yeah, I mean, you, you know, you talked about the Saints, and at the start of the year, we were sort of you know picking on them and we weren't starting them and now all of a sudden they're they're really good the Chiefs have kind of undergone the same transformation where they were a defense you were totally avoiding at the start of the year but they have turned some things around and they're starting to play some really good football yeah Rams too forgot to mention them Rams defense I'll give you some streamers this week although the Rams aren't really a streamer um Packers Mm -hmm. Seahawks Chiefs Colts Broncos Titans maybe Dolphins yeah Kind of a good week. There's a streaming. bunch of them. It's a good week for streaming yeah. defenses this yep. week. Uh, do you start any Raiders at all? So I'm in a league where I lost um, Melvin Gordon, and unfortunately I wasn't able to handcuff him with uh, Eckler. So I'm starting him. The matchup's not bad. I mean, it's not. And Martin looked good. You look at the tape. He didn't look like an older dude right. who has kind of been lousy the last couple of seasons. He's been he's been looking pretty good. Uh, to me, he's a flex starter, but it's more of a desperation play, to be honest with you, uh, because game script could be a problem. And Jalen Richard could end up seeing more touches in the second half if the Raiders are forced to throw playing from behind, which everyone sort of projects. But I say based on the, the touches that he'll receive, he's a flex starter for me this week. And he's going to be a flex starter for a lot of folks out there who are losing Gordon or losing Leonard Fournette. Yeah, that you know, that's that hurts too to lose a couple of really important running backs. Uh, Don't I here. know it. <laughs> uh, let's see. Jets at the Titans. I was like really hurting for some Jets news here. I mean, is this an Elijah McGuire week? Can we know. maybe count on him? You know, we, 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 we've tried to talk it into existence, Marcus, and we might want to give up. We 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 might I know, I really have. I've, been up, trying, I've been trying to speak this into reality for a while. I mean, now. you know, I get it. Like the snaps, he's 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 seen more snaps than Crowell over their last three games. But let's look at the point production: nine point seven, eight point seven, three point six. Not that good. Not good. Not, Not that good. good. So, uh, I mean, I don't know if you want to chase the points with Jermaine Curse. We don't even know who the quarterbacks. Say, I, you know, I, w- I would think Jermaine Curse is a decent start, just because it hasn't mattered if it's Darnold or McCown. 
they're throwing to the slot guy a lot, and that's become Jermaine Curse's lot in life there in New York. Um, you know, the Titans have given up some yards, especially from the slot this year. So maybe Jermaine Curse is like kind of a, a deep league flex play for you. I don't know. We're, we're, I, we're, we're stretching. So so we all know, you know, the famous comic strip uh, Peanuts mm-hmm. where Charlie Brown is getting ready to kick the ball. Lucy's holding it, and then she picks it up, and he falls on his keister. Like, that's where I'm at with Jermaine Curse because I remember earlier in the <laughs> season he was coming off a game uh, – he had a whole bunch of catches and suddenly the Jets were down all their wide receivers. They had cut Terrell Pryor and he had a great matchup. I think it might have been against the Vikings and they had been terrible against slot receivers. And I said, I like Jermaine Curse this week and he sucked. He didn't have a point. <laughs> so I'm kind of I'm kind of off the Jermaine Curse uh, train. I, I, I just don't trust him. There's no Jets that I trust right now. If you have to start a tight end, maybe Chris Herndon, who had a pretty decent game in PPR last week. But that's about it. I'm starting the defense against the Jets this week. So get out there and pick up the Titans because that team at home could have put up a nice line, especially if Darnold comes back. And speaking of the Titans, too, uh, and I'll throw this one to you. Do we trust them now? No. The way you feel about Jermaine Curse is how I feel about the Titans offense. You know, and I mean, I guess when you look at it, Mariota's numbers have been pretty good over the last three of his last four games. He's given you more than 20 fantasy points, right? I don't know. Maybe it's just me. I just look at the Titans offense and it's just like, eh, it's just so meh to me, right? It, it, It. it falls under the category of fantasy oatmeal, right? Like, it's just not exciting. You know, Deion Lewis has sort of underwhelmed for the most part the last few weeks. Now they're starting to get Derrick Henry more involved. Corey Davis is, you never know from week to week what you're going to get out of Corey Davis. Um, and again, this is another one of those offenses, right? We mentioned that Marcus Mariota, three of his last four games have been good. The only one that was bad, he got hurt against the Colts. Didn't really give you much before he left that game. Um, but even then, like, you know, he, he struggles to get to 250 passing yards, right? Like, the only thing that really saves him is the fact that he doesn't turn the ball over a lot, mm-hmm. which is great. But, you know, if he's only going to give you 240 yards, right, if he throws a pick, that suddenly blows that whole thing up. So, I don't know. I just – and I've seen a lot of people tweeting about how good Mariota's been for the last month and, you know, all the really great things he has done – I just can't. I can't get down <laughs> with it. I just can't trust it, man. That's, I don't know. And I'm fine to sit on the sidelines and watch him put up good numbers and stuff, but I, I just can't jump in there. When... 49ers at Seahawks. George Kittle last week kind of got locked up, and I'm starting to wonder whether or not we should be worried about him because he's been one of the few consistent things in this Niners offense, and now teams are starting to pay more attention to him. And I just started to wonder, like, you know, it's hard to sit him, but will he give us the same level of production that we've got from him early in the year? He did get 12 targets in that game. So, I mean, Nick Mullins was looking to him early and often. And entering that game, Mullins was 13 of 14 when targeting Kittle. So I'm still starting him with confidence, especially at a position that is really paper thin at this point. So, And he's really the only option that Mullen has on offense that he trusts. You know, we've seen Pierre Garçon miss games. He's been banged up. Marquise Goodwin is dealing with a personal issue, so he hasn't been available as well. We've seen a little Dante Pettis. Like, what about Dante, Dante Pettis there? Huh? He's flashed a little bit there, too. But, I mean, road game, Seattle, it's going to be wicked loud there. Uh, I-, I could see Kittle giving you a stinker, but I'm still starting him. I still have to start him. I mean, you mentioned Pierre Garçon. I forgot that he was on the active roster. <laughs> I mean, it's just I'm looking at his numbers here and like, yeah, they're not that good. He hasn't had 60 receiving yards in a game yet this year. I think he had that. He had didn't score a touchdown against the Raiders in touchdown. that Nick Mullins game. Yes, he had a touchdown. And that's that been day. about it. That's it. Mm-hmm. I mean, I'm looking at like 21, 57, 11, 52, 47, 37, five, and then 56 in a touchdown. Mm-hmm. Ugh. It's a long way away from that big season he had with the Redskins. Man, it's it's been so long. I mean, remember that? Yeah, he had 1,300 yards in 2013. That's wild. Uh, you mentioned Doug Baldwin. Under what circumstances would you consider starting him this week? Well, I mean, the matchups, the matchup's not bad at all. I'd right? play him, but he has certainly become, which even coming out of my mouth, I feel weird saying he's been the third option. Yeah. I mean, like David Moore has been a better fantasy player than Doug Baldwin uh, yeah. for a lot of the season. With that being said, Baldwin is still in the flex starter conversation for me. But Tyler Lockett, this dude, I mean, 
he is consistent. I mean, he's he's right there with Robert Woods. When you talk about a guy with a very safe floor, you're looking at a floor of like 12, 13 points. And last week, we told you to start him. Monster game over 21 fantasy points. I would expect him to have another big game this week in a week where the Seahawks offense should look very good. Uh, and Russell Wilson should put up a very nice stat line. I mean, we've been waiting all these years for the Tyler Lockett breakout, and it seems like it's finally I know, it's finally year. here. Uh, he's got eight touchdowns so far this season. I mean, unless something catastrophic happens in the next couple of days, he will set a new career high. His, his current career high in receiving yards is 664. Oh, yeah. He's currently at 661. So unless something you know drastic happens in the next 48 hours or so, uh, I imagine he's going to set a new career high. His, his stat yards. lines have reminded me, remember, Remember a couple of years ago when the Jets had Ryan Fitzpatrick and Decker yeah. and Decker always like gave you like, you know, 40, 50 yards, but he was always scoring always touchdowns. touchdowns yeah. Like Lockett's been the same thing. Like he's always giving you, you know, decent yardage totals. Not great, but he's always scoring. And that's huge in fantasy Absolutely. football, of course. Uh, Vikings at Patriots, which is a really intriguing game in real life uh, with the you know the Vikings trying to make a playoff push the Patriots still with a chance at getting that one seed in the AFC so you know this one has a lot of real life implications but also has a lot of fantasy uh, implications on both sides in that game last week we saw Kyle Rudolph kind of getting back into the mix there for the Vikings after really being MIA most of the year against the Patriots defense that has struggled against tight ends yep. would you give Rudolph a shot this I, week I would and I am because in our league, I lost Jack Doyle, so I've got to go with um, Kyle Rudolph. And luckily, luckily, I'm catching him at a good time because he had really done nothing. I was surprised to see him on the waiver wire. Then I looked at his numbers, and I'm like, eh, that explains it. But the Patriots, teams are targeting opposing tight ends about eight and a half times a game, and they've given up seven touchdowns to opposing tight ends. So all you really need for Rudolph, the red-nosed the red zone reindeer red zone reindeer mm -hmm. yeah i messed that one up marcus um <laughs> it, it, you get him into the end zone you get him a touchdown even if he gives you 20 30 yards that's what you want and with uh with the tight end position losing some big players in oj howard and jack doyle and and, they, and, you, and you lost hireman too who was sort of an up-and-coming tight end suddenly kyle rudolph is now a guy a lot of people including myself will be starting this week in what is a favorable matchup Patriots running backs. I mean, James White, Sonny Michelle, they've both been very good for much of the year. But now Rex Burkhead is coming back from Don't IR. He could be Don't working back it. in. The talk is maybe every third series we'll see Burkhead on the field. I mean, you're not you can't really sit either White or Michelle, but this is not good news. You can sit Michelle. I mean, yeah, no, I mean, I mean, can you? Marcus, the creator of Bellatrix, can you please put in a phone call to Bill Belichick and oh, tell man, him I wish. to keep Burkhead on the damn sidelines. We got something good going on here with James White and Sony Michelle. I, I, like I'm, I'm in a league where I have Michelle and Ingram, and I'm going to play Ingram. I made that decision. I'm going to play Ingram. I'm going to roll the dice with him. The matchup is not good. Okay, the Vikings defense has been tough against running backs this season, and with Burkhead coming back, I would move Michelle from the high-end RB2 category to maybe borderline RB2 flex this week. And James White was a disappointment. His last couple of games, his numbers have not been there. Uh, for a guy who's been a stud for most of the 2018 campaign, I'm still starting him. But now I've got some reservations about whether or not James White is going to continue to put up those big numbers we saw for most of the season. Yeah, I mean, that's uh, that's kind of been the thing. you know. And like this is a situation where for the Patriots, again, the thing that has made the Patriots hard to figure out in the past is what makes them hard to defend because you just don't really know how they're going to deploy their yep. guys. And just when we thought we had it figured out, ah, here comes Rex Burkhead back. Yeah. Uh, let's see. Chargers at the Steelers. We know Austin Eckler is going to get a ton of touches because Melvin Gordon is not available. I'd imagine we'll see some Justin Jackson, but this is going to be mostly the Austin Eckler show. But the Steelers yep. run defense has been good. Any reason to be concerned? No, because lately they haven't been. If you if you remember the Christian McCaffrey game, yeah. Where well, Christian McCaffrey just he's been on fire lately too. And I mean, did you watch what Philip Lindsay did to the Steelers last week? That's true. Their run defense is going in the wrong direction, my friends. In fact, they have given up. I believe, I believe it's five touchdowns to running backs over their last two games. Um, 
it's not good. It's good if you have Eckler. Let's put it that way. And Eckler's a playmaker. I mean, he's averaging, what, 5.8 yards per rush. He's averaging 1.3 fantasy points per touch. He's going to lead this backfield in touches this week with Melvin Gordon on the sidelines. I would not be surprised if he's pushed into the top 10 this week in terms of fantasy point producers among running backs. Uh, Steelers defense, do you start him? No, I don't start either defense in this contest. In fact, the Steelers, the big question mark here is James Conner, man, and whether or not he's hit the wall. Because remember, I mean, this is a guy who he he didn't do much last season because they had this dude named Le'Veon Bell. Yep. Okay. And college seasons are not as long as NFL seasons. We all know that. So this is the longest season that Conner has had to endure as a running back. And his last couple of games, he's made mistakes. He dropped the pass against Jacksonville. That would have been a touchdown. He fumbled last week on that on that long catch and run that could have had uh, uh, s- some big time fantasy implications had he not fumbled. And and suddenly, you're now thinking about Connor as a risk reward option. This is a guy who's been an RB one all season long. Now the matchup, hey, the Chargers defense is tough, but I feel like when you get into these games like Steelers and Chargers, and it's on Sunday night. Matt Money Smith is going to have a blast with this game, calling it for the Bolts. You kind of throw the defensive stats out the window. You're starting everybody in this game, and I'm hoping, because I have Connor in three leagues, and I know a lot of people out there are leaning on James Connor, that he can bounce back. But Marcus, if he does not come back and have a big stat line and gives you three stinkers in a row, okay, you really have to start worrying about whether or not James Connor has hit that wall. Yeah, it's it obviously for fantasy folks, it's coming at a bad time. But even for the Steelers, it uh, it is not a great time for him to suddenly kind of be fading a little bit. And you look at the, the touches like the, yeah, the touches are down 13, nine and 13 the last three weeks. So, yeah, James Conner kind of fading uh, here in the back half of, of the season. Finally, NFC East battle, Washington and Philly. Is Jordan Reed really back? I mean, Heck, he's had a couple of good games in a row. You know, he didn't have a monster game against the Cowboys, but it was good enough in PPR leagues. And again, we've talked about it. I've said it two or three times already. Tight end's thin. He's in my top 10. Eagles defense, hey, you know what? I'm still starting him. That Eagles defense is banged up bad, especially in the secondary. So Jordan Reed is a startable asset. I have him as a low-end QB1, this uh, QB1, tight end one this week. It's amazing that it took all year for Washington to finally be like, hey, we got this Jordan Reed guy. Like he's, he's and it, well, maybe maybe it's like you know we we had to make sure he stayed healthy for the first eleven weeks. So now we can finally use it <laughs> now that he's been I don't here. Know. I mean, yeah. Uh, whatever. It's it's good to have him back. Um, do you give any of the Eagles wide receivers a shot? See, this is like so. Golden Tate's actually led them in targets the last couple of weeks. Right? But he hadn't done anything with him. And Alshon, like, this, see, I don't know. It's like a gut feeling. I could be completely wrong. I don't. I I know Amari Cooper destroyed the Redskins last week, and Alshon Jeffrey is a guy who can certainly make plays, and we've seen it earlier in the season after he came back uh, from being injured. But I I'd say he is one of the bigger risk reward wide receivers in fantasy football this week. You know, you like to have the guy on Monday Night Football, somebody who has some potentially uh, good numbers against a bad defense. I I have him in there as a wide receiver three this week that, that's where i have him and i have the the decision to make whether or not i go with josh reynolds who is the hot hand or if i stick with the veteran and, and and go with alshon jeffrey and i still haven't made that decision and it's the eagles defense has been disappointing uh, offense has been disappointing to me too because i really felt like carson wentz had started to play some really good football he was putting up monster fantasy points then he hit that brick wall called the new orleans saints defense and he had a stinker i mean less than a point in that game than last week in real football terms he was good mm-hmm. his passer rating was over 100 he was good but in fantasy terms he had he had you know what 14 15 points which is not going to cut it so i'm a little bit disappointed in the eagles offense in terms of their passing game and now they're talking about getting josh adams more burn uh, out of that backfield and by the way he's a fantastic flex starter this week as yep. well uh could end up being a league winner for people who are short on running back so but i still start Wentz. i have him at the back of my uh, qb ones and as as alshon goes Let's see how much of a riverboat gambler you are, man, because there might not be a bigger risk-reward wide receiver in fantasy football this week. He's definitely one of the top ten, that's for certain. I have this sneaking suspicion that somehow Golden Tate is just going to take off this week. 
I don't, you know, I don't have a whole lot. Don't of say that. For it. I just have this feeling that Golden Tate's going to figure it out this week, and uh, you know, and and just have a big game. So we'll see. We'll see how that works out. Uh, there you go. That is the full week thirteen slate, fifteen whole games across Sunday and Monday. Good luck to you. I know for a lot of you, it is a big week. It is a win or in sort of situation in some of your leagues. So uh, here's the best of luck in making the, the best decisions that you can. But in case you want to get crazy, we got Eddie. He's got a delirious pick for you. <laughs> well, this pick uh, is going to make me sad because it's a guy I own in uh, a, a few leagues here. And it's uh, James Conner. And Fab's kind of hit on it a little bit before with him hitting the wall. And guys, I think we've seen the last truly big game from James Conner. And uh, my pick is I don't think uh, five games remaining for the Steelers that he will not top 15 PPR points the rest Ooh, of the way. You're killing me, dude. Ooh. Well, like I said, I got him too. And for the next five games, they have the Chargers, the Patriots, uh, the Saints, and a tough, uh, what should be a tough division game against the Bengals, even though the Steelers seem to have their number. I can see the Steelers throwing the ball out in those situations. Plus, I'm not sure if the trust factor is all the way there like they did trust with Le'Veon Bell. Connor did have that huge fumble uh, last week, a few uh, few fumbles this year too, which is something that Le'Veon Bell really did not do. And uh, he's been just trending downward, 14 points, 10 points, 11 points. I, I just don't see you know him coming back and doing anything spectacular the rest of the way, unfortunately. Uh, you know, I mean, it'll be interesting to see how this plays out. I mean, just beyond fantasy because, you know, for however many weeks this season, right, James Connors lighting it up. And Le'Veon Bell was sitting on the sideline and everybody was like, well, we don't need you. If he really does fade down the stretch and going into the postseason, um, you know, I'm not going to say Lev wins. Like, I, I don't know about all that, but I think the the decision to just kind of cast him aside just that quickly looks a little bit more. I, I agree with you. I think, unfortunately, fans and myself included have become a little prisoner of the moment. Yes. So mm-hmm. right when the season's over, everyone's going to go crazy and be pulling their hair out saying, oh, we should have paid Le'Veon Bell. I don't think, the, like you said, the answer is not to cast Connor away. I think the answer falls somewhere in between. Yeah. Is he Le'Veon Bell? No. Is he a total bum? No. He's he's a above average running back we are, that you should keep. We are such a week-to-week industry. Sure. Mm-hmm. We really are. I mean, like, you could be at the heights of the highs, and then one week later, uh, you're, you're at the you know, you're at the bottom of the hill. So, And that's where we are with Connor, because there were several weeks I remember thinking, man, it's nice to have a running back that's replaced Le'Veon Bell's production, and he's been better. Mm-hmm. And now, the last couple of weeks, you know, I remember thinking in that Jaguars game, Bell catches that ball. Yep. And then I remember thinking last week against the Broncos, he's getting a lot more touches than Connor is, and he doesn't fumble that ball. Right. So now you're you're at the point where you have to play him, and you have your fingers crossed that things get better. And I don't know that that whole – remember a few weeks back when we started to see Jalen Samuels, it was the game where Connor had the mild concussion. I wonder if at that point the Steelers coaches were thinking, you know what, maybe James is hitting a little bit of a wall. The legs maybe a little bit weak right now. They wanted to get him off the field a little bit. Remember we were thinking, is Connor hurt? Like what's going on? Uh, And now all of a sudden that potentially has come to fruition with Connor being a guy that uh, is, is, Suffering the the ills of a of a full NFL season and uh, has not ever had to do that. I mean, it's not obviously this is not his rookie year. He played last year, but he had 32 carries last yeah, year. That yep. was it. So you know, you're right. This is this is the most work he's ever gotten. You know, a college season generally is 12, 13 games. Right, right. And, uh, so you start to wonder about. That. Plus, mm-hmm. only to back this up, really. But after Big Ben makes those comments, I kind of feel it like within me that he's going to say, like, I want to throw the ball 50 times and put up 400 <laughs> right. yards. Like, I <laughs> definitely can see that happening. Uh-huh. And Connor barely touches the His football. His numbers have been nuts, man. Yeah. So, uh, you yeah. Know, it'll be interesting to watch. Now, obviously, there's still a couple more weeks left uh, for him to kind of turn things around. But certainly, this slump has come at a bad time. So, Eddie put, put his, his stink on Connor. Oh, man. Unfortunately. <laughs> he put the stink on Connor. Oh, oh. oh man. Uh, let's, see. let's see. We got some tweets uh, before we get out of here. Yeah, thanks to everyone who tweeted at us at the NFL podcast handle, uh, as well as uh, at Michael Fabiano and at Marcus G. Uh, we'll start over here with BCNYC is asking, uh, he has a defense slash special teams dilemma. Does he go with the Rams or Titans? Rams, dude. I think I go with the Rams. 
Oh, yeah. By the way, at Michael underscore Fabiano, because if you tweet at Michael Fabiano, it's an opera singer. It's an opera singer. Just yeah, got I'll married, the, by so the way. At, Congratulations. At, at Michael underscore there Fabiano. There you go. At Marcus G. At NFL underscore podcast. And if you want to make it easy, too, because I collect these tweets, I'm, I believe I'm at Edward L. Murphy. Um, Thank you, though. Follow him. Yeah. So uh, number two, we have George Galloway here is asking uh, for his flex spot. Legara Blunt, Josh Reynolds, Chris Conley or Sammy Watkins? Uh, I would probably go Sam or uh, the Josh Reynolds. Yeah, me too, one. man. Uh, Sammy Watkins might not even play not this play, week. Right, yeah. Last yeah, and, and LeGarrette, I get it. He had 88 and two touchdowns last week, but game script is not in his favor this week at all, man. Yeah. I mean, the, the, the Lions could be abandoning the run very quickly in that game. So, yep. Yeah, and uh, Sammy Watkins probably did not practice today. Two days in a row not practicing, coming off a of bye week. So it probably means he's out for this week. Yep. Uh, we have uh, May KO54 asking Mark Ingram, Sony Michelle, or Dion Lewis uh, for his second running back spot in his PPR league. <laughs> <laughs> Almost exactly what I have to deal Mark with. Mark Ingram, Sony Michelle, or Dion Lewis. I would probably go. I'd probably go Ingram. See, I'm going Dion Lewis. Uh, because of the PPR format. Yeah, I guess the yeah, PPR, I guess that does change it a little bit. So, yeah, I guess it would be Lewis. But uh, Close call. It's, it's a tough call, man. Yeah. i go Lewis. PPR, yeah, I think I'd probably lean Lewis. Okay. Uh, Sector Cruz is asking, uh, he got burned by Aaron Rodgers last week. So does he stay with Aaron Rodgers or go Big Ben? Big Ben. I think I go Ben over Rogers. Wow. Yep. Actually, it's crazy, right? Because yeah. So I did a Fabs 5 today on TV. Five quarterbacks to start over Rodgers this week, and Ben was one of them. Uh, I had Andrew Luck on there. I had Russell Wilson on there, Jared Goff, and Jameis Winston. Yeah. I think Jameis goes big this week. I hope so. I, think I have him going in a couple of leagues. So it's crazy. Like, if we've learned anything in this fantasy season, like. So we don't know anything? Well, I mean, yeah. I mean, other than that, like, honestly, like, every single year, right, Marcus and, and Eddie, quarterbacks are drafted later and later and later. It's going to get worse next season. It's going to get worse. It really is. Like, you're going to see studs, studs getting picked, like, after the 10th round. Like, I'm not talking about, you know, the Andy Daltons of the world or the Matt Staffords. I'm talking about the stud guys, the big-name guys, like Russell Wilson. They're going to get picked so late because the position is ridiculous right now. And Marcus and I could do a podcast on this at some point in the future, maybe in the offseason, about how we potentially change things because – quarterback's too easy right now dude it's so easy like anybody who potentially loses a quarterback midway point of the season you're not even sweating it there's no stress because you can because you you go pick up baker mayfield man you go stream marcus Mariota. it's 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 unreal so uh and with rogers being well i'm not saying he's been a bust because he's still been pretty good but he's not rogers to his standards and people right now are thinking about starting Jameis Winston, the, the the turnover machine, over Aaron Rodgers, and it's a legitimate thought? That tells you all you need to know about the quarterback position. I think you could see one quarterback go in the top five rounds next season, and that's going to be Patrick Mahomes. And I wonder if some people don't draft him in the first or second round. We'll see. No, I think uh, definitely off-season topic. That's a great topic that Marcus brought up before about how teams have, like, the one receiver and then just a bunch of other guys. Bunch of guys. I think mm-hmm. we have a bunch of topics to get into. And a few, like the uh, Saints, and breeze through to all the other guys except for Michael Thomas right, so, last week. Hopefully hey, that least, doesn't happen tonight. At least for us, we have plenty of topics uh, in a few months. <laughs> oh, yeah, dude. We got uh, a ton. We got two more for you guys. Uh, Eric Taylor is asking, better flex start, Stephon Diggs, Breida, Ridley, or Galladay? Ooh, I mean, it depends on if Dig plays or not. Yeah, I don't. I, I still think I might go Galladay anyway. Ooh, spicy. I mean, just because you know, if if the Rams do what the Rams do, that means the Lions have to throw the ball Lots a throw. lot. No, I, so. I I can I can get on board with that one. I so, can yeah. get on board with that. Okay, and we'll wrap it up here with uh, Fernando's tweet: "Is who is the better start, uh, Deshaun Watson against the Browns D or Baker Mayfield against the Texans D?" I got this question earlier today too. I went Deshaun Watson. Yeah, it is. Um, just because, I mean, I, I trust the Texans' defense to maybe slow down the Browns a little bit more. Plus, Deshaun Watson could get you probably more rushing yards. So, like, in Stardom and Sidham this week, I sent out a tweet and said, hey, guys, I apologize in advance. There, and I mentioned it earlier in the show. There are so many ridiculously obvious sits this week. Um, and, and to begin the week, because I have to write this thing, like, on Monday, um, I was thinking, man, maybe Baker's kind of a, a, a Sidham this week. And then Mariota went out and put up over 20 against Houston in Houston. And I'm thinking, damn it, 
Now I can't use Mayfield because he's been hot and the Texans just got posted by double M. So um, I, I like Watson in this game and um, he, he's not throwing the ball a whole heck of a lot, but he's uh, he's still producing uh, in, in most weeks. So, yeah, I think Watson is it. But if you're if you're in the playoffs, you know, you're going to make the playoffs and you have a dead spot on your roster. You better be picking up guys with good schedules down the stretch who are available. And Baker Mayfield is a free agent in a lot of leagues. And this guy has one of the easiest schedules in fantasy football. I believe he plays the Bengals in week 16. That's the Bengals team that he that he wrecked last week. So um, Mayfield is a guy and, and, and you, you need to be doing this, folks. You need to be looking at the schedules of the playoffs and picking up guys now because you want to do it before it's too late because other savvy fantasy owners will beat you to the punch. Uh, and Baker is certainly a guy that if you're looking at the quarterback position and you've got maybe Wentz or you've got Winston and you want to have some insurance, Baker Mayfield, I'm telling you, he has got a great schedule, great schedule in weeks 14 to 16. There you go. Uh, so that's it. Thanks, as always, for listening. Appreciate it. Best of luck again to you if you're trying to get into the postseason. Uh, we'll be back with you next week. So we'll recap week 13 and then get you ready for the fantasy playoffs. We have reached that time. Marcus, I'm, I'm, I'm nervous about the Cowboys game tonight. Uh, you should be. I am. You absolutely I should I think be. we're going to lose. 45-14. Wow. We lose. Yeah, I know you're just trying to reverse jinx them. Whatever. Come on. What do you mean? What's a reverse jinx? Yeah, exactly. Uh, anyway, remember, a lot of people say nothing is impossible, but a lot of people do nothing every day. See you on Monday. You go into your shower feeling tired, but as soon as you reach for the Irish Spring, your day immediately gets better. That crisp, fresh, unmistakable Irish Spring scent zings your brain and awakens your senses. So when you finally emerge from the shower 37 minutes later because you pay the water bill so you can stay in there as long as you want, you're ready to take on the day and smell great doing it. Irish Spring Body Wash and Bar Soap. Fresh, green, Irish. Shop now at a store near you.